to the International Association of Business Communicators, Amina Region podcast. This is Monique Zidnick. With me today, I have personal branding experts Oliver Ost and Fadi Ramsey. Oliver is one of Europe's leading communications and personal branding experts, founder and CEO of EO Ipso Communications, podcast host of Speak Like a CEO, and author of three books on personal branding. Fadi, based in Cairo, is an online marketing and communications professional who focuses on online reputation. He's a professional trainer working with Google, Thomson Reuters Foundation, and the American University in Cairo, to name a few. Our last podcast covered leadership and what kind of leader you want to be this year. Let's take this one step further and delve into that leadership image, or rather, your image. This is the I in pie that Anne-Marie was talking about. I hope you enjoy our podcast that builds on these themes. We talk about so many things, including what personal branding is, who should consider personal branding, measurement, and some nitty gritty tips and digital tools that will make your lives so much easier. So welcome, Oliver and Fadi. It is so wonderful to have you on our IABC Amina podcast today. Hi, Monique. Nice to be here. Thank you. Hello, Monique. It's my pleasure being here with you. So, Fadi, after a panel session that we had on gender and inclusion, I got to thinking and then you gave me some much needed feedback on my LinkedIn profile. This digital part of personal branding is just a fraction of personal branding. How do you see the bigger picture and how do you see personal branding? Well, I would say the simplest and most direct definition of personal branding is what people say about you in your absence. It's as simple as this. So for sure, there is the digital ingredient, the online part of it, which is uh, what Google says about you. If someone Googles your name, what would be the search results? But offline, uh, I would say what are the the unique values that people always relate them to you? Are you someone who are always helping others? Are you a knowledgeable uh, expert in some place? Are you someone um, technical with some technical knowledge that people can refer to? So what are the, let's say, main two to three points that always, whenever your name is mentioned, these are the top things that come uh, to, to the minds of people who know you? Thank you. And Fadi's in Cairo at the moment. Oliver, you're in Berlin. Do you have the same perspective or...? Yeah, I do. I fully agree with what Fadi just said. And I may want to add that uh, today there are plenty of people who are really good at what they do, even great at what they do in our profession or any profession, but they're not getting the recognition or the promotion or the clients they deserve. And I think that is due to a lack of visibility and a lack of, you know, having a personal brand. So there's nothing icky about being, you know, uh, pursuing having a great personal brand. On the contrary, it gives you the recognition, it gives you the clients and the opportunities you deserve if you're doing a great job. And is it only for CEOs or should everybody be considering this? I think everyone, especially in our profession. So CEOs, that goes without saying these days. And for you know anyone starting with students, I think it's still a very good idea. For instance, the last person I hired, you know, a student to come in for an internship for six months, I hired that person because he interviewed me for the Oxford University Media Society podcast. So immediately, you know, he invested in building in his, his own personal brand, got visibility. And when I was thinking, hmm, who could we bring in for six months? Great intern. Obviously, he was top of mind. So regardless of where you are, or where you want to go, I think personal branding can be a bridge between the now and your dreams. 
And so what kind of clients do you have, Oliver? Do you advise people at all levels, including students or...? Mm, to be honest, uh, we focus on two kinds of clients. One is sort of CEOs, where I usually have a personal relationship with the CEO or founder or leader of an organization, and I help them build their personal brand. And that may include writing books, launching podcasts, you know, great social media presence, being fantastic on stage, mastering interviews, so all the various skills that a CEO would need in order to build a fantastic personal brand. And uh, the other kind of client are big organizations or even startups, where we work at at an organizational level, usually with the head of communications and kind of doing the same thing, but for the organization rather than an individual in the organization. Mm -hmm. So it's more than just leadership communication. Do you, Fadi, see the, the same sort of client group or do you have a slightly different client group and does it link in with leadership communication? What's your perspective? Yeah, I, I totally agree with, with Oliver, and I would highlight the, the keyword, the, the crucial keyword he mentioned, which is visibility. This is what really uh, happens when you work and dedicate some effort and time on, on personal branding. For myself, I teach an uh, online journalism course for master students at the American University in Cairo, which has an ingredient of personal branding. And I'm always proud to say that out of my course, my students, there is always a, a percentage of 30 to 40 percent of headhunting for these students because they work on LinkedIn. They, within the course, they, they establish their presence, the content. And usually they get headhunted out of what they, they really do. So having this mindset, transferring this mindset of a personal branding or social media personal branding to students, helping them to, to open up their careers is something really valuable for them. So usually this is, I, I do it from, from the academic point of view, helping students, but from client point of view, since I'm solopreneur, uh, I'm individual consultant myself, so I work with peers. I help individual consultants as well as startups to startup founders or, or entrepreneurs mainly to, to leverage on their social media existence, their online existing to reach more clients and have more solid relation with their existing clients through personal branding. Before we get into the tips and tricks, because I'm very keen to share some of your your knowledge with our, our listeners in, in this space, I'm very curious, do you is it, do you see a problem with everybody kind of, I don't know, shouting or, or getting out there and trying to promote themselves? Is there is there enough space out there or how do, how do you stand out from the rest? Yeah, it's a very good question. I think that's it's almost the key question, right? So once I've decided I want to build my reputations, how do I get visibility? How do I stand out? Yeah, I do think there's too much noise out there and not enough quality. But that's good news for someone who's willing to produce quality content or develop their skills and their signature presence on stage, for instance, where online and offline work together so that you can create momentum and ideally enter a virtuous circle where you know your own momentum leads to more opportunities and to more visibility. So if you if you focus on quality rather than quantity, and if you focus on approaching and being visible to the right people, you're already making two things right that other people tend to get wrong. Because a lot of people think that any audience is a good audience, and it should be large by definition. You know, for some, if you're an, if you're an influencer, that may be the right path. But if you're a CEO, you're, you're building a company, or you're looking for to the next promotion, or the next job, then you probably have a very specific specific audience. So it's best to focus on that and produce content that is unique and valuable to them. So you don't competing with all the noise out there, but a very specific and very strategic in your approach. That makes sense. And what's your opinion, Fadi? I was 
in terms of quality and, and content and things like that. I was um, most dismayed over Christmas to see that my um, SSI for LinkedIn had decreased because I'd hopped off the platform and wasn't pleasing the algorithm. Is there any sense in pandering to the algorithm as well? Yeah, uh, I just developed this uh, simple theory. I, I'm always a fan of abbreviations. So I, I invented the abbreviation which is called CTV, which is Connections, Trust, and Value. So th- th- this is this is how the system works. The more you have good connections that are trustworthy from your network because you're adding value to them. So again, I agree with, with what Oliver said. It's all about quality, not only quantity when, when content creation. If you are focusing on really creating high-quality content, adding value to your online network, which leads to gaining trust. So you are the trustworthy person that people come to, whether offline or online on your social media accounts, to gain knowledge, to gain value for their careers, for their work. So you develop a, a, a network, a community, a number of connections, uh, trustworthy connections with from people that trust you because you add value to them. Here is what extremely cuts the noise and places you or positions your personal brand in someone very far away from all the noise under or beneath you. Makes sense. And Oliver, your book, Inignorable, it tackles this in a four-week week process as to how to get started. Like, where do you start from? Do you want to talk us through very quickly the different phases and maybe, Fadi, you can join in and jump in if there are certain points you'd like to add? Yeah, happy to. So Unignorable is my latest book. It's an Amazon bestseller and you can get it on Amazon or oliverhouse.com. Um, I focus on the 30-day framework to start building a personal brand because I think that's a that's a reasonable amount of time that doesn't deter people from trying to start. And what I've found in hundreds of conversations about the subject, you know, prior to writing the book, is that it's not just about the method. You know, we always think it's about, you know, once you give people the method, it will happen. But what I found is that in addition to the method, you also need the motivation. So it needs to be clear what people gain and what they avoid by building a reputation or personal brand. And then there's the mindset question, because often people have ideas or myths in their mind that deter them, prevent them from actually going out and building the reputation and, you know, attracting the opportunities they deserve. And that can be, oh, I have nothing to say, or it's not for me, it doesn't work in my industry, I have no time, etc., etc. All of these are valid, and I go through them point by point in the book, because I think that's almost the most important part. Once people mastered the mindset, the, the pieces will fall into place and they're good to go. And the fourth M is obviously message, because you need to be clear about your message, your pitch, the story you want to tell. So in sum, once you understand and master these four M, there's nothing between you and having a great reputation that will attract lots of people and opportunities into your life that you actually want to have in your life. And what's your perspective on the process of taking someone through developing their personal brand? Always my, my first advice is always, always start from planning, you know, and planning starts from the objective. What are we trying to achieve here for me, Fadi, myself. What is my target out of the personal branding? What do I need to achieve? What is the smart objective, which is, as everyone knows, the, the management concept. It's uh, something specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-bound. So, for example, within the first quarter of 20, 
2021, for example, I need to increase the visits to my LinkedIn profile by 50% or get, uh, let's say, three new consultancy clients out of my LinkedIn profile or whatever it is. So start from having a clear, precise, smart objective and accordingly plan the execution to achieve uh, this goal. If we don't do that, then, you know, it's not very tangible. It's something that's loose-ended. I'm not uh, sure if I'm on the right track every day or not. When I design a smart objective, this uh, makes it easy for me to choose the right content topics, the right content formats, the right KPIs or measurement uh, techniques. What are uh, the things that I'll keep an eye uh, on, etc. So I always... I think of starting from planning, designing smart objective, the content types, content formats, and measuring as we go. And um, in terms of those blockers that Oliver spoke about, do you, Oliver and also Fadi, do you have any tips or tricks for maybe communicators who are trying to help their CEO or trying to help a senior leader step past those initial blockers and, and get on board with growing their personal brand? I think for CEOs in particular, it's no longer an option because being out there and building your reputation is not uh, its not a soft skill. It's part of running a business and leading a business. And that's for various reasons. We know from a lot of studies out of our field that companies that have a highly visible CEO tend to be more successful. So it directly feeds into the bottom line. Secondly, that, that kind of company uh, also attracts talent and has a higher retention rate because people like the CEO to be out there and being visible uh, and potential talent see the CEO and see the company and visibility leads to trust and that's very important to understand that companies we do not see or do not hear about we have trouble to trust them when it comes to potentially buying their product or services so in a way if CEOs are mute we don't see them or hear them they tend to shoot themselves in this in their own foot and the company you know suffers from it so for those sort of uh, very hard business reasons, I think it makes sense. Then, of course, you have to convince the CEO that, you know, that there may be reasons he or she doesn't want to do that are unspoken, they're not outspoken. And that comes down to some psychology in terms of, you know, helping them, small, simple steps, uh, you know, small wins lead to bigger wins. So just take the CEO on this journey to be more comfortable in building the reputation. And often when they see, okay, this is going well and, you know, nothing bad happens, they become, you know, more ambitious, they become bolder, or they challenge the communications team and say, okay, you know, I'm doing, I'm producing content now but not many people engage with it how come and that creates an opening for us communicators to say okay great you're on the platform now but let's build it and for that we need to do this this and the other and party yeah here here is also a simple theory which i call the 3p it's always about passion persistence and perseverance if you if you lack uh, any one of these three, maybe you fall on, on, on in, into those traps or these blockers, as all, all, Oliver just mentioned. So if you are really passionate about growing your personal brand and watch the fruits of it uh, coming uh, ahead, this is something that would drive you every day to uh, check the measurements, tweak your content, add more beef into it, add more value to your online uh, people or online community, grow your network. So if you don't have passion, persistence, and perseverance, and you're always trying to figure out how can you do things differently in a more interesting, exciting, and valuable way, 
and then for sure you can you, you can stop easily. Uh, it's not easy, by the way. The personal branding, it's not just building some content, posting content and online, and then magic will, will happen. Uh, uh, unfortunately, the, the bad news is it really requires lots of time, effort, and investment. And if I am not ready for that, I should replan once again. But I have, if I have those three Ps, they will be the main driver that keeps me every day w- waking up in the morning excited to work, invest time more and uh, more time, more effort and more even money in into that and uh, not walking away because it's it's not easy as it might look, especially with the hype of influencers, social media influencers, you know, the superstar who just walks in and do that, does that, and the, the, they have millions of followers. This is this is not exactly personal branding. So it, it gives a negative person how easy to be a superstar on, on social media. It doesn't work that way. It needs really more time and effort and investment from my side. And I think it's really important to highlight the investment that's required. I've had clients in the past who seem to think that social media is free, therefore all the time and effort that goes into uh, developing the personal brand should somehow not have a cost associated with it. You mentioned the constant evaluation, Barty and Oliver. Um, How do you know when you've got it wrong? What if you're getting great numbers but but it's just you're putting yourself out there in the, the wrong way. Are there are there certain maybe one or two uh, key things that a person should be constantly keeping their eyes on aside from their vanity metrics? Oliver? I think you can measure it in terms of inbound opportunities. And that goes for anyone from student to CEO. As soon as you do more and you're more visible, then there tend to be more opportunities coming your way. So if you see an uptick in opportunities that you actually want to pursue, then I think that's the most important measure because that has a direct impact on your business and on your reputation. And that's what I meant with um, you know entering a virtuous circle. If you don't see the right opportunities and the right contacts coming your way, you probably want to revisit your positioning and your brand pillars and here you know what i like to recommend to people is be, be authentic because if you're yourself you probably be more engaging focus on the 20 percent that are really unique about you don't be a copycat of someone else and that that authenticity leads to uniqueness and that uniqueness leads to visibility because there's no one like you out there and that in turn leads to trust and trust tends to lead to more business so this is this is sort of a more modern version of the know me like me trust me pay me principle we've all learned you know about Mm -hmm. business so this is this is kind of the update for for the digital age if you like So I think that's really valuable. That brings it back to the basic communication principles of having your short-term metrics, but also keeping an eye on those long-term business impacts, like the impact metrics and focusing on them as being your ultimate outcome. Fadi, did you have anything you wanted to add? Yeah, I'm really super happy that you mentioned that phrase, but it's uh, it's really important to stop here. Social media is free. That's the largest myth in history of online communication. Every everyone or most of the people we think social media is is free because you create an account for free. That, that's a myth. That's extremely wrong. Social media, whether it's just for online marketing for big brands, small brands, startups, or even for personal branding, social media is not absolutely not. Free. It looks free, but you should invest time, effort, and money on that. If you just invest some time as, as a CEO, as a founder, as an entrepreneur, as a solopreneur, your time is money. So you should calculate that precisely and, and calculate the investment. Because if you put this amount of time on daily basis somewhere else, 
it can generate revenues. So it's an investment of time. It's an investment of, of effort, especially with content creation, uh, being ahead of your peers, uh, uh, watching the news, being the expert, the go-to person when it comes to the topic of your business or industry. And it needs investment. It needs money investing in content creation if you're doing uh, video production, for example, you might start doing it just in at, at home with your mobile, but eventually you should invest in some tools, in some gears, apps, whatever. You should invest in, in social media tools, uh, whether it's like management tools, optimization. So there are lots of areas where you can invest money to create higher quality content with, with less effort. And this is the trick also for online marketing. How can you find the right tools that produce higher quality of content with less investment of time and, and effort? So it's 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 large investment from, from the three perspectives. It's it's not free, but when you plan it right and you start implementing and tweaking what you are doing, then uh, you can work at a, at a higher speed. So that's always my advice. Think of your personal branding as a startup. It's, it's not for free. Build a business plan for your uh, personal branding. And I can't agree more with Oliver. What you need out of personal branding is not just the social media KPIs, the number of likes for your fan page or for your content. You need to decide how many new clients would you get this month, this quarter, out of the efforts you're doing on personal brand. That's the real KPI, the, the, the business objectives, not just the social media numbers. Thank you. And what are your top tips for maybe top three for our listeners? And also, Oliver, afterwards, I'd love to hear your top three tools as well that you'd recommend our listeners go out and have a look at and that that would help them with their production, perhaps for content or for keeping an eye on how their social media presence is, is blooming. So as you know, my my primary tool, it's a very simple LinkedIn tool, yet not very popular, is the LinkedIn Social Selling Index. It's the tool that LinkedIn provides us uh, for anyone who has a personal account on LinkedIn. It's the measurement tool. How well is your uh, personal profile on LinkedIn going in terms of social selling? How is your magnet for new customers powerful? So this is the first tool. I You know, I, I keep an eye on it and I always talk about it and vice about because I just realized that not many people they know about it. How can you measure your presence on LinkedIn, which is the primary social network for personal branding? This is one. Personally, I love when it comes to content creation, a platform and the tool called Canva, which is C-A-N-V-A. It's an online website as well as a mobile app, which has templates, ready-made templates for excellent visual content, uh, all the different formats of visual content being uh, it uh, infographs, photos, visuals, videos, everything. So Canva is really an amazing tool. And also the free version of it has really high quality things. And uh, something similar to Canva also is uh, Spark, which is brought by, by Adobe. So Adobe Spark is always a very interesting uh, library and platform for all visual content formats. It's an online website. It's a mobile app. Everything is cloud-based. So you save your work on the cloud, nothing on your computer. Unfortunately, if it crashes, you don't lose anything. So Adobe Spark, uh, Canva, and uh, LinkedIn social selling, it's like the triangle where you create high-quality content using these tools, you start promoting the content, pushing the content, and measure the real effect of that content. That's the quick triangle of tools. Oliver? 
Yeah, those are all great tips. I may add Kajabi. Uh, I use Kajabi for my website, oliverhouse.com, and it allows you to not just publish or, or, you know, without coding, develop your own website, but also publish video courses, books, blogs, etc., email integration. So that, that may be very interesting for people who are more on the freelancer or solopreneur side. Then there's obviously Buffer. Uh, there are other tools like that, but we use Buffer, and that's a scheduling tool. So you can schedule your social media posts rather than going onto each individual platform and individually publishing um, you know your content that can save a lot of time and it forces you to plan ahead so that's you, you get a two for one and a third tool i'd like to mention is our basically headline analyzers um, those are less well known but we use a headline analyzing tool that's called coschedule.com and that allows you to test headlines and headlines are so important because people give your content you know maybe two or three seconds and maybe you know three three to five words and then decide if they want to engage with it or not. So the first line of text, the headline, is super important. And with those headline testing tools, you can see which ones actually work best. And in some of those tools, you get real humans who evaluate your content or your headline suggestions. It's sometimes hard for us to know which headlines would work best. So this is always good to just, okay, have three options, which one would actually work best before you publish anything. They are such valuable tools and tips. Thank you, Oliver and Fadi. Did you have anything else that you would like to add to our discussion? I think that there's a lot there for our readers to take away and to, to think about and also um, some good tips on getting started. Yeah, maybe that, from my perspective, it's important not just to see this as something I have to do to promote my career, but rather something that can be a lot of fun and very rewarding in a, in a way. The way I look at different tools and channels is, does this give me energy or does it subtract energy? And we all have our preferences. So some are more introverted, some are more extroverted, some like to write, some like to be on camera, others hate being on camera. And you should really listen to your preferences. At least give it a shot. But if you've given, say, Twitter a shot and you really dislike Twitter, don't bother with Twitter. Go to another platform or use another another tool. And for me, for instance, and I'm probably the same for you, we like podcasting. I like writing books. Um, you know, I like that more than, for instance, giving webinars. So I like engaging with people, having conversations with people rather than talking at people. And once I noticed that and I saw, okay, that gives me energy, you know, you, you focus more on the content you actually want to produce and you, you enjoy producing. Like having this conversation, we're all passionate about the same things. We all, you know, are interested in the same industry. And that makes this a really engaging conversation for all of us. So this this is fun for me to do. Um, other things I could be doing, like being on Twitter, would not be fun for me to do. So I focus more on the things I like. So focus on your strengths and your likes. Yeah, and, and also what gives you energy. I think energy is underrated because if we decide on certain tools and tactics that drain us of energy, we will not see this through. And that comes back to what Fadi said earlier. You need the consistency and the persistence, right? And if you don't like producing the kind of contents you've content you've chosen for yourself, then you will not see this through. You, you will lose motivation. Whereas if you engage with content creating uh, tools and, and, and workflows that you actually enjoy and that give you energy, then you will probably pursue this further and it will lead to more success. Thank you. And Fadi, did you want to add anything to our conversation? Yeah, sure. Uh, when you mentioned that question, I just thought for me personally, what brings lots of energy, the cycle of learn, apply, share. 
So learning is, is a lifestyle, you know, every day if you dedicate like sometime like 30 minutes just to go online, uh, read the news, try to understand what's happening in your business, analyze it, learn some new skills. And now it's better than any time ever to gain new skills and new knowledge online. There are tons of online courses, online tutorials, videos. So gaining knowledge is the easiest thing ever, more than any time before so learning uh, making learning an ingredient of, of our daily life is something that really brings some some positive energy um, applying what i learn on on daily basis uh, and trying to test the knowledge that i gained what are the best practices how can i tweak it does it work does it not work and when it works i share this experience with my uh, community online and i share it you know out of my just my own personal experience with my own um, uh, tips rather than just transferring something that I just read online so it becomes even more valuable so applying this cycle on daily basis is it's really as Oliver also mentioned it's it's enjoyable I really enjoy doing that and uh, getting feedback from my network about that that it was really valuable for them these tips were really uh, helpful for them etc this this is really an an enjoyable daily journey that brings brings lots of of joy, value, and and excitement on a daily basis. Thank you, and I'm sure that you'll agree it's been a very enjoyable podcast. And if anyone out there listening has enjoyed the conversation, please feel free to share. I don't think that's too cheeky to ask. And on that note, I'd like to thank you so much, Fadi, and also Oliver, for your excellent conversation, your insights, your thoughts, and your knowledge. Thank you, Monique. Thank you, Fadi. Thanks a million. It was a great, I totally agree. It was a great, enjoyable journey with this podcast. I really enjoyed it a lot. Thank you. Thank you.